Um, but yeah, as I said, Ryan has been walking us through Hebrews, and we're going to continue that. But before that, I just kind of want to read a quick quote that I think kind of sums up um, kind of my introduction. I've, I'm not like qualified to bring you the word today by any accomplishment or uh, any sort of education that I have received. Um, but I, I'm a really big Twitter guy, and I follow a lot of pastors And if you know that about me, you know I'm on Twitter a lot. Um, And there's this pastor that I follow. His name is Darren Patrick, and he said this. uh, He said, Pastor, thousands will preach the gospel better than you do today, but none of them will preach a better gospel. And um, I think that's really fitting as I kind of introduce myself to you guys um, in teaching. I know sometimes I usually play the drums on Sunday, and that's where you've seen me. But today, um, by God's grace alone, I get to read um, this passage that we're going to walk through today. Um, So that's kind of a segue for me. Um, But before we jump in, I kind of want to share my hope. Um, I recently launched a blog, a personal blog, and it kind of hits on this. But I kind of want to share my hope with you to give you some context where I'm coming from. Um. Everything that we do here at Crosspoint, everything that we teach, um, we don't do it so that you can just leave with more biblical knowledge. Um, but all things revolve around this one thing, and that's in- intimacy with God. You personally, and no one else, you being intimate with God. Um, I think as we walk through this, um, we can't miss that. Like, Everything revolves around that. And by intimacy, I mean like you knowing God and Him knowing you. Because a, uh, a true, real relationship is both private and it's public. Like there's privacy and there's publicity. Um, I think usually we tend to gravitate towards one or the other more often. Like some people... Um, would profess like I'm a Christian or I follow this faith while they really have a hard time spending alone time with God, detoxing from the world and just being alone. And I think some people really tend to keep their faith just private. Like it's just between me and God and I'm not going to get in people's face. I'm not going to try to say like I'm a Christian in front of anyone. I'm just going to be private about it. But if you have a genuine relationship with God, it, it, it involves privacy and publicity, right? And so I just kind of wanted to share that this, this is where I'm going with this. This is the context that I hope that today as we study this, that you would leave more intimate with God, that you would spend every day and all that you encounter, all that you learn in the Bible, let it be uh, just a tool for you to go deeper in your intimacy with God. Um. So, now I know I'm going to lose a little bit of brownie points. Usually as Ryan preaches, he uses, you know, a slideshow. He has slides and fill in the blanks, but um, I don't have a slideshow. Um, So you're going to need your Bible today, um, which is, you know, new. So if you have a Bible, you're going to need to pull it out. And if you don't have one, share with someone. And so, yeah, Ryan has done such a great job um, taking us through Hebrews, and we've seen... um, 
verse by verse what the writer here is teaching us. And we're going to continue that by looking at um, the promises of God tonight. Um, the passage that we're going to look at is going to hit on the certainty that we have in the promises. Um, we're going to look at Hebrews 6, verses 13 through 20. And so we know that in the Bible, you know, there's hundreds of promises that we have. And we're going we're gonna to look at one, that uh, the covenant that God made with Abraham and ultimately how that goes full circle in relating to us and how it relates to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, if you will, I'm just going to pray real quick and then we'll just dive into this. So, pray with me. Heavenly Father, we, we draw near to you and ask that you would draw near to us. Lord, I know that I am sinful and broken and inadequate. I am not strong. I am weak, and my boast is in Jesus. And tonight as we study Hebrews 6, 13 through 20, I pray that God, you would speak to us. I pray that chains would be broken. I pray that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying and what you're showing us, God. Let this be not just another night of opening the Bible, but I pray that we would encounter you, and I pray that you would take us deeper in intimacy with you. I pray that, God, we would just submit and surrender to you as Lord, and that we would worship you like you're, like you're worthy. And um, we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so I'm kind of a weirdo with reading Scripture, and I just invite you, even though Ryan usually doesn't, um, I just ask that you would stand in honor as we read the Word of God. <clears throat> Hebrews 6, starting at verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which, is an impo in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hopes set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So you can be seated. So do you, do you hear... You hear the confidence that we have. So, so we're going to look at the certainty that we in this room have in God's promises. So as, I, as we walk through this, I have four main points that I want you to, if, you, if you're a big journaler, if you have paper, um, I have four things that we're going to talk about. The first thing that I really want to emphasize that I want you to write down is that our hope is not chanced. Okay, so... The whole point to this passage, the, the whole point here tonight is to build your confidence. So this oath that God made to Abraham, which we're going to walk through tonight, it's, 
spelled out in Genesis 15. And if you want to look at it more in depth, you can write that down. Genesis 15 is the covenant um, laid out. And I'm going to illustrate that for you real fast. It's God takes Abraham and the ritual was that they would take these animals and they would cut the animals in half and they would line them up. So they would take one half and put them over here and take the other half of the animal and put it here and they would make a line. They would take a few and they would line them up like in a straight line so that there's a path in the middle. And the ritual was that both people, when they would make an oath, they would walk through the line and the point was that if you were to break your word, you were going to end up like one of the animals. You were going to end up dead, basically. And so God takes Abraham, and he makes this covenant with him, and he, make, and he does this ritual. And before Abraham was to walk through the line, God made Abraham fall asleep. And so Abraham didn't walk through it. So God made Abraham fall asleep, and God alone walked through the animals. <clears throat> and this was to signify that God was serious. I will make a covenant with you, Abraham, that I'm going to make you into a great nation, that I'm going to give you offspring, I'm going to bless you. Like, and then after 25 years, we know that Isaac was born. That was part of the thing, and it, and it showed that God was serious about this. And so that was, that was the ritual. That was what God and Abraham had, and that's what the author here in Hebrews mentions because the, the author writing to these Hebrew Christians within this context, these people were coming out of Judaism, and Abraham was a really relatable person, and... Um, these, these people, they, they related to that. They related to that story. But you may argue here tonight, like, what does this have to do with me? Like, what is this? Why, why would this come up in the New Covenant? Why would this come up now in the New Testament? But Abraham is shown to these people to be an example of faith. It says that through patience and faith, Abraham made it. And it, and it says here in this passage that God's promises are guaranteed by his character, right? Because God can't say something and it not come, not come true. Some people say, well, God, there's nothing God can't do, right? You've heard that before. There's nothing God can't do. Well, that's not true. There are things that God cannot do. And one of those things is lie. God cannot lie. He can't. You know, he doesn't contradict himself. He can't not be God. Like, and one of those things that he can't lie. And so that's in unison with his character. And so ultimately, we're going to look at, obviously, we have the promise of salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. And, the, and within this context, these Hebrews here, these Hebrew Christians, they were being asked to abandon all that Judaism had because they were coming out of Judaism and they're coming into placing all of their faith into Jesus Christ, right? They're, they're coming out of Judaism into the gospel, which is we're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. So for some of the theologians in the room here, some, uh, some other people have argued, you know, is this covenant here conditional or is it unconditional? And if you've ever heard that before, Tim Keller replies to that really well. Um, and he says that Jesus came and fulfilled the conditions so God could love us unconditionally. And so as we keep going here, 
Here's the purpose that our hope is, in, is not in us. It's in God. You know, salvation itself is a miracle. Like, salvation is a work of God. It's a gift given to us, right? And any work that God begins, He completes. You know, if it doesn't matter if you're the lowest of low Christian or you're the most well-known, popular, famous Christian. The same is a miracle. And any work that God begins, He finishes. And so, this is great hope. This is great encouragement for us tonight. <clears throat> my next point, my number two thing that I want to emphasize from this passage is that we are Abraham's offspring. Right? So number two, we are Abraham's offspring. In Genesis twenty two seventeen, one of the part of the promise was that God would give Abraham offspring. And... Um, like in uh, Galatians 3, 7, it says that know then it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. So right, biblically talking, um, this offspring, it's kind of crazy and it's, it's really encouraging, but we're grafted in. Like we're not Israel, but we're grafted in too. Like by placing faith in Jesus Christ, you're made part of the family of God. And that also includes, ultimately, citizenship in heaven, right? God wouldn't, God wouldn't grant Abraham offspring that would ultimately go to hell. Like, he would grant Abraham offspring that would dwell with him, that would be his offspring. And we are grafted in because of our faith in Christ. We are, the Bible teaches that we are made children and offspring of Abraham, too, this is great comfort for me, um, and I know that it is for you as well, probably, because we're all going through something. We're all going through things that stress us out. Things, things of this earth are not satisfying us. Our citizenship is in heaven, and I kind of want to just remind you of that tonight, that our citizenship isn't here on earth. We're only passing through, that our citizenship is in heaven and we know that, you know, in Ephesians 1.14, it says that the Spirit has sealed us and we await for our inheritance. We haven't quite possessed yet. Like, we're not there yet because we're not in heaven yet. So we're being prepared for heaven. And I just, I just want to kind of encourage you with that, that yes, you're not completed yet because we're not there, but our citizenship is in heaven and it's promised. But next, there's something, there's something I want to kind of clarify in order to spur you on in regarding like intimacy with God. That there, number three, this is the number three thing I want you to write down, is that there's more to God than his faithfulness. And what I mean by that is his faithfulness is an attribute of his, right? And... We've all heard the phrase, God is love, because it's in the Bible. It's true. God is love. But if all we do is spend our time on that attribute of God, we're not being obedient, basically. So Macy, my wife here in the room, she is gentle. And if any of you know her, you know that about her. And I love that about her. And 
But if all I do is study that attribute about her, I'm not going to go as deep as I could. You know? Like, the fact that she's gentle plays a big part in who she is, but if all I do is study that about her, I'm missing it. You know, she, she has brown hair. If all I do is study that about her, I'm going to miss it. I'm not going to go as deep, and I'm not going to know as much as I should. And A.W. Tozer has this quote in speaking about the attributes of God. It says, We can think of them separately, but they cannot be separated. And tonight we're going to keep studying the faithfulness of God and the certainty we have in the promise of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. However, we, we can't stay here. I want to spur you on to go deeper in your relationship with God. Don't just study the fact that He is love or that He is faithful. There's so much more to God than just that. Even though that's what our whole hope rests upon, yes, and we can't forsake it, but there's so many more attributes regarding God that they will actually complement the fact that He is love. For example, God is also just and He is also or God is just. Let's take that one. So his love and his just should complement one another. He's not just sometimes and then love sometimes. Like you should see his justice in his love, and you should see his love in his justice, if that makes sense. And I just want to just hit on that and just encourage you that there is more to God than his faithfulness. And I believe that each of us in this room, we should remember that. But, Upon God's faithfulness rests our whole hope of future blessedness. Only as He is faithful will His covenant stand and His promises be honored. Only as we have complete assurance that He is faithful, may we live in peace and look forward with assurance to the life to come. Number four. My last point that I have we're going to hit on this a little bit longer than the other ones. Um, it's time to go deeper. It is time to go deeper. I want us to leave here tonight with, with an unshakable, unswerving faith and security in God. Like that it should just take you so much deeper in your intimacy with Him. And um, I, I want to look at one verse real quick. I want to look at one verse, and this, this right here with the bases loaded, like this is the grand slam. All right, so verse 19 says, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. So the gospel, our hope in Christ. Okay, I'll talk about this, this word curtain that I'm reading in the ESV. Some may say veil um, or something like that. But um, that's actually a reference. And these, these people coming out of Judaism really relate to that because if you write down the word tabernacle, you just need to study that word. If you don't know what the tabernacle is, you need to study it. But in the Old Testament, God dwelled in a tent, right? So the tabernacle was this big tent, and inside this tent there were two rooms. There was a big room, and then there was a small room in the back called the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies, there was this big box called the Ark of the Covenant. And ultimately, that's kind of the quick outline of, of the tabernacle. And God dwelled in the Holy of Holies, right? 
And so the high priest would go in at a certain time of the year and offer sacrifices for the people who go in the Holy of Holies. There was a big veil that separated it, and he would go in past the veil. And this writer here says that Jesus, our steadfast anchor, our hope, has gone into the inner place. And as an anchor, it's like, I picture this image because I heard this pastor John Piper give this give this sermon on this, and he gave this picture, and I kind of want to share it with you. So if you picture, instead of being in the Holy of Holies, like God, he is in heaven, he's on the throne, and Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And if you picture, there's this anchor wrapped around the throne, and it's tight and it's sharp, and the Father's hand is on it, so you know it's not going to come off. And the other, hand, the other end of the anchor, the chain that dangles, it doesn't dangle here for you to grab onto. Our hope is not holding on to the anchor. Our hope is the Holy Spirit, God in us, holding the anchor. Like we have no strength to hold on to that because as soon as a tsunami or a hurricane comes, I'm screwed. I'm going to die. I'm going to let go. I don't have the strength. No matter how much I want, my arms will break. I can't do it. This is our hope. This is the gospel, that Jesus has gone into the inner place behind the curtain. He's gone into where the Father dwells. He's at the throne room. Our anchor is wrapped around the throne. The other end is held by God in us. It is a miracle work of God by his grace. And I just have to believe. I have to trust his providence. I have to trust that he is strong in me. He is my strength. Because as soon as I hang on and say, I got this, ain't going to work. And I think some of us are hanging on to the anchor of the world. I think some of us are hanging on to the anchor of our career, of our family. It's got to be God. It's got to be wrapped around Him. It's just really important. <laughs> All right. So we're secure. We are secure. This is our hope. This is what the author is telling us tonight. That we have God's promise of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And he is our hope. And the Holy Spirit is in us. I, uh, I have this... Uh, like recently, Macy and I, we, um, we watched a movie. Because um, we watch movies. Anyone else like movies? We like movies. After a long day of work, we like to just sit on, our, sit on our couch and just watch movies. And recently we watched this one. It's called Secrets of Eden. I don't know if any of you guys have seen Secrets of Eden. Um, but it's terrible. It's terrible. Terrible movie. Um, Macy left halfway through it, but I decided I'm going to hold off. Okay, so the point of this, the point of this movie was that there's this family. There's this dad, this mom, and a daughter, and then over here, there's this pastor, and the mom starts to go to church. She's like, I want Jesus. I want to get saved. She ends up getting baptized, and the dad is like not having it. He's like, no, stay out of the church because the pastor's handsome, 
And the daughter is kind of like, I'll go watch you be baptized. I don't really know. And so long story short, the dad and the mom die. Okay. And the whole, the whole movie is like a classic whodunit. Yeah. So if you watch it, you don't have to now. Um, so the mom and the dad die and it's like, who did it? You know, was it the pastor? Because the whole time the mom is actually having an affair with the pastor. Okay. So they're, yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's horrible. And so, yeah, they're sprinkling Jesus all over it and Christianity and the Bible. And while the mom's having an affair, she's like, what if this is the will of God? Me and you being together and the dad is abusive. And yeah, it's terrible. And I was just, my discernment radar was going, what? no, ain't having it. And I hold off for the whole movie because I'm, I'm just hoping something's going to change. Where is the real Jesus in this thing? And he never showed up. So it was a terrible movie. Okay, so I say that to say that if I didn't have a deep, real, intimate relationship with God, and I didn't really know any spiritual or biblical discernment, I probably would have thought it was a pretty decent movie. But... I know what the Bible says about those things, and I know what good fruit looks like because I know God. And you who know God know what I'm talking about. And as you go on to be intimate with God, as you go deeper every day in your relationship with Him, your discernment will grow, and you'll hear His voice because you'll be able to discern, is this voice that I'm hearing or this feeling or this thought or this idea does it line up with the word? Because if it doesn't, it's not of the Holy Spirit. It's a dis different spirit. And this is so important because if you don't have discernment, if you don't have that, that's okay. You will get it because it just happens. Like, I know the things that Macy likes and the things she doesn't like because I spend time with her. I'm in private with her and I'm in public with her. I'm, I'm learning who she is, what she likes. It's the same with your relationship with God. It's the, it's the same. You'll learn what he hates and what he doesn't hate and what he loves. And um, I just want to encourage you with that, that that is my hope as we've walked through this and that you have certainty in the promises of God in relation to the gospel because of his unchanging character that you're going to get to know him more and he'll get to know you more and you get to know him and it goes back and forth. And so, um, yeah, you may have known everything that I've said today. Um, you may have been familiar with how certain we, are, we can be in God. You, you, you've heard the promises, you've heard the gospel. This shouldn't be a new thing for you, you know, but are you doing it? You know, that's, that's the thing. Like, are you, are you bringing people to the gospel? Are you speaking the gospel with your coworkers? Are you, are you actually telling people? Are you being public with it? And if you are, that's awesome. Like, that's great. On the flip side, are you spending private time with God? Are you, are you really, you know, you make time to eat during the day. Do you make time to pray? You know, that's something really convicting for me.
And so I want to I challenge you and exhort you to be public with Jesus, and I want to encourage you to be private with Jesus too, because I believe that's, that's a genuine relationship with God, and um, with that comes discernment and growth, which is always it's what we want. So 